Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Earglue Media Network. Mr. Epping? I didn't get that promotion, but I wanted to thank you for putting in a word for me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I didn't help you. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry. Well, it's okay, Mr. Epping. I'm sorry. You're a good man. I'm sorry I didn't help you. You're a good man. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week, we thankfully conclude our coverage of 112263 with episodes 7 and 8, Soldier Boy and The Day in Question. And with me this week is the caffeine to my coffee bean. It's James. How are you doing, James? How do you do that? It's it's early in the morning. Like, we're talking pre-show, and you're all sipping coffee and, like, barely awake. And then all of a sudden... We've got to do the show and you're up and you're Jason from Zeta. I know. How do you do that? I don't know. I, I think I'd try to pretend to be a fucking professional or something. It's, <laughs> it works every once in a while. Perfect. <laughs> and he's the machine that infuses us with water and makes the day bearable. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? So I'm the coffee maker. That's what I was implying. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Rob, man? I'm, I'm, you're the, uh, I hate coffee. What? Good. Yeah. Oh, my God. What do you drink coffee. in the morning to get going? Next like week, we have an all-new co-host. I got a 52-ounce <laughs> cup full of Coke Zero. That's not even real fucking Coke. What is wrong? God damn it, I'm Rob. diabetic. I oh, that, coffee is not going to like affect the, your beatus. I don't like that. You know, there's, there's non-sugar sweeteners, too. Yeah, but I don't like the taste of coffee. So you put enough sweetener in there to cover up the taste of the coffee. Like so a drink child. sugar? Like yeah. a child, no. yes, Rob. You like drink the non-sugar sweetener. So, yeah, no. So basically Coke Zero, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works. The one thing you could do to convince me that you're kind of an adult, and you can't even fucking do that, Rob. It. Don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking uh, Death Wish uh, Valhalla Java Odinforce blend while Ooh. Rob's drinking Coke Zero like Odin a bitch. Odinforce. That's right, Odinforce. Mm. Well, I'm in the middle. I'm uh, drinking my plain old out of the blue container Maxwell House. So, Well, at least you, it's not like Folgers crystals. No, no, I don't like Folgers. Maxwell I like the House. smooth, clean taste of Maxwell House. What are you, my parents? He's trying to get a new sponsor. <laughs> yeah, like Maxwell like, House think, would sponsor this show. No, you've got a better shot at Death Wish being like, fuck yeah, let's get Zach Wild on Sadist than fucking them putting some old guy on. And like, I'm oh, pretty sure Maxwell Zach Wild has standards. 
that's a good point. But I bet he would say, if you get Rob to quit, <laughs> I'll come on the show. So how's your DBX doing? No, fuck <laughs> you, Rob. Wow. Talk about God pouring some it. salt in that wound. Oh, fuck. I was not salty this morning about that because I thought it's Labor Day. This will record a spoiler alert. It's Labor Day. I'm going to have it's- a good day. I'm not going to fucking worry about this DBX until they don't contact me tomorrow, and then I'll go all Crowley on their ass on Wednesday. But no, you've got to fucking just right off the bat pour salt in the wound because I said Zach Wilde would like us more than he would like you, which is probably a pretty accurate statement. Well, that and you called me a child, so I had to get You are a child. (laughs) You drink Coke Zero for breakfast like a child. I remember when I would wake up and have a Mountain Dew. I drink my juice box first. (laughs) Okay. Wow. That's a, a lot more information than I'm sure anybody ever wanted to know about any of us. So um, I can wipe my own ass. <laughs> so I'd like to direct everybody over to eargloomedia.com forward slash the film appraisers uh, so that you can check out their new episode. It uh, They covered The Labyrinth. They do a really good job. Uh, the Labyrinth is one of those movies that uh, it's a good movie but it's also a really bad movie, but it's got Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. So you definitely need to at least watch the movie and then listen to the podcast because they, they do a great job of, of covering that movie and giving its appraisal. So um, sci-fi is it? sci-fi? I was just going to ask, is that on the list? No, it is not on the list. It is. uh, Did somebody go through a closet and go back in time? She didn't go into a closet. What did he go into? It was a closet. It's a wardrobe. That's Narnia. <laughs> well, no, in that, Labyrinth, that's they got didn't more go sci-fi than uh, eleven twenty two sixty three. That's what I'm saying. At least, Labyrinth at least it was a sci-fi. portal. Yeah, but you go to a closet, go back in time a little bit. James, you might you want to, to uh, go in and listen to that episode because uh, there may be some news that that kind of affects you. Oh. Well, what it? Can't you just tell me? Well, I can't tell you because then that spoils it for anybody who hasn't listened to the episode yet. Oh, well, All you right, could well. just you could just tell them right now and then cut that part out of. The, That's uh, true. Podcast. I could tell you right now and then kind yeah. of bleep that out and then. Uh, oh, yeah. Ooh, then that would be a spoiler for everybody else. Yeah. All the tease in the biz. That That's would be right. awesome. You could have like a whole bleep. That would be some good. So I hate to tell gold. you, but Boondock Saints. <laughs> I'm going to uh, not just, I'm just going to move on and not, <laughs> my mama always told me if you didn't have something nice to say, don't say nothing at all. So why are you talking? <laughs> Fuck you, Rob. Uh, See, nothing nice to say. Right after my mom said that, she looked at me and she said, I want you to remember these two words. And I said, yes, mama. And she said, Fuck Rob. No. Oh! <laughs> James, how's Simply Stogie's night. going over there? Uh, Simply Stogies is going absolutely fantastic. Thanks for asking. We've got a brand new website, uh, I hope, by this point, because I'm kind of, uh, you know, looking into the future through my crystal ball at simplystogies.com. Uh, we got time travel happening? Uh, we do. Uh, head over there. Check it out. We've got uh, reviews of some of uh, our favorite cigars. We have the podcast there, Simply Stogies uh, podcast. We've got uh, the great, just some great people helping out there. Uh Stephanie, Troy, Mike, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some people. Uh, Frank. Uh, Frank, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and of course, 
Uh, spit take, uh, and I'm not sure if this is out yet, but it's coming. Spit take uh, from our very own Cigar Llama. Uh, so look forward to that. SimplyStogies.com. Check it out. Uh, I would really appreciate that uh, as uh, those guys have put in a lot of work to get that done. Okay. I've got one question. Yes, sir. What is a cigar llama? Well, it's a llama that smokes cigars. Do you keep him in your backyard? Uh, no. And he does. So he's going to have on the podcast, uh, he's going to have a, a five-minute uh, llama spit take where he's going to give you a five-minute review, and it's not going to be any of this pretentious. So, like, in the cigar world, there's a lot of pretentious bullshit that goes on. Like, you know, I'm tasting Himalayan sea salt and, and salted caramel that was made uh, on the, the East Coast by, you know, like, no, shut the fuck up. You're tasting none, none of that. Like, you might be tasting <laughs> some salt, and it might be a little sweet, but you're not tasting any of those things. Like, you can't pick out fucking Himalayan sea salt, you fucking just, pretentious douche. They're just reading so, the back of the package. Right. <laughs> so, the well, ingredients. <laughs> the ingredients. It's just tobacco. Do you not know how cigars work, Rob? Because I could take 20 minutes and explain it to you. Yeah, but they're saying Himalayan sea salt and that kind of thing. So the just, reviewers do. I don't know yeah, why they do. And not everybody. Like. Mike doesn't do that when he does his, like he, we have full fledged, honest to God reviews uh, where Mike rates it out of 10 and he's got it broken down and he does a fantastic job with that. Uh, Llama is taking the more direct approach, the more common man uh, view or guide to cigar smoking and is, and basically, is it good? Is it bad? Should you buy a box? Should you buy five? Should you buy one? Should you just avoid this cigar? Cause it tastes like shit. Well, so, I, I uh, need to know. Yeah. I need to know yes, when you guys are going to review Swisher Sweets so I can never. check that. What? It's not a cigar. It is. It's not. It says cigar on the box. That doesn't. Swisher a, Sweets that, are to cigars <laughs> like eleven twenty two sixty three is to sci fi. Yeah, but you know it's what? Rob has still sci fi, and those are Am still I, cigars. So ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's true. There are varying degrees of cigars. Uh, so Swisher Sweets would be a, a machine-made piece of bullshit and not a premium handmade cigar. But they're Much classy like because the they got wood tips. Eleven twenty-two sixty-three is uh, bullshit sci-fi. And it's just bullshit. I guess it's just a terrible show. Fair enough. All right, who's got news, Rob? Yeah, yeah, I got some news. Um, first news is, is I don't have any sci-fi news. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, That's not fair. sci-fi, uh, time travel news. Oh, thank God. Darn. Darn. Oh, you sound broken up. Let me see what I can find. Um, no. Uh, so I've got some space news today. Lay it on uh, us. The NASA chief, the, of Na- the NASA chief, uh, he claims that Pluto is a planet despite what others say. Wait, That's wait, wait. We- Are you going to say the NASA chief? head of like chief of nasa is that how you were gonna say it like, i don't you, know how are you trying to introduce the guy it's it is early in the morning dude <laughs> you know what you wouldn't have this problem if you drank coffee i wouldn't have this problem if somebody would have remembered to watch four episodes instead of just two look just be lucky i got through this fucking series to begin with okay <laughs> right, right um <laughs> anyway the uh the chief of nasa uh, he says Pluto is a planet, despite what everybody else says, because that's how he learned it, and that's how he looks at it, so they can take that to the bank. Um, okay, it was, well... It was said during another interview that he was doing, and, um, you know, he's like, whatever, who cares? So I guess he was trying to be funny. But, hey, you heard it from the uh, 
the the head honcho himself from NASA, Pluto is now a planet again. Yeah, no, that's not how that works. No, it does. We're in America. We can do what we want. <laughs> I, look, pl- look, 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 look. Pluto identifies as a planet. End oh, of story. Yeah. Are you trying? Are you trying to uh, planet shame Pluto, sir? Because in PC woke culture, uh, that ain't cool. I yeah, you got me there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a planet. All right, and in some more space news. Uh, there's an asteroid out there. Uh, they named it 16 Psyche. I, I don't know why, but that's what it's named. Um, I guess 1 through 15 was already taken, like a screen name. Um, anyway, so he's got uh, 16 Psyche. He's got about 700 quintillion dollars worth of precious metals, like gold and platinum on them. Uh, that's what uh, scientists are saying. Uh, he's out there in the asteroid belt, and NASA plans on launching a probe in 2022 to start surveying the asteroid for a couple of years so that they can kind of figure out what all is there and then maybe one of these days go mine the shit out of that. You realize that in all of the universe, gold and diamonds are probably in platinum and all that bullshit probably is pretty plentiful. Yes. Well, yeah, compared yeah, to right. what we have here, yeah. Yes, but seven hundred right. quintillion dollars is a lot of money. Like that's why there's gold pressed latinum in in Star Trek because yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> because it's so plentiful. Well, it's seventeen right. quintillion dollars compared 700. to seven hundred. Oh, so, sorry, sorry. Uh, so if do you not listen to my news? Ast- why, no, no, not really. Why oh, can't they just God. make the asteroid crash into the Earth? Uh, you probably don't want that to happen. It depends on where easier. it's going to crash. No, it it's doesn't. To <laughs> the the fact that it's going to crash yeah. into the earth is something you don't want to happen. And, well, it if it's got for that Wakanda. much, right. If it's got that much, uh, you know, valuable metals uh, by earth standards, then yeah, like crashing the earth. Let's, uh, let's get that. Yeah. But if it crashes into the earth, there probably won't be anybody left to enjoy all those metals. Well, how big is the asteroid? It might just be a city killer. You don't know. You look Something up? that dense with that many, you know, heavy metals. It right, doesn't well, matter we'll how it big Chicago, it's, it, it is. It doesn't matter. Nah, if it, not like Detroit, Canada, um, I don't know. Any of either one of those is fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to blow up Canada. If you blow up Canada, you won't be able to see Sarah Goodman anymore, or Godon. Who? I'm sorry, Sarah. Godone. Oh, Sarah Godon. How do you know she lives there? She's probably living in Hollywood. No, she's Canadian, so she. Well, that doesn't she matter. Has, Let's like say Ryan Reynolds some, is Canadian. No, and so if you blow up some Canada, sort of like oh cottage in the boonies, because that's what where Canadians live. What other news you got, Rob? Um, that's it. I don't have any more time travel news. Sorry, but you looked though, didn't you? I tried to find two. Yes, because that's my thing. I can't um, wait for this every week. <laughs> uh, who's ready for a pod crawl? Please. Yes, please. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. There's only 17 days left until this series is finally over. 
Jake lays in bed recovering from his crippling gambling winnings and dreams of his man crush Anderson Cooper. In order to recoup some of the money lost from patients that can't pay, the hospital starts running a pilot program of selling ad space on the ceiling. Jake has lost some memories, but only those relevant to move the plot forward. Meanwhile, Oswald would like to talk to the FBI please, he has important things to yell. Jake and Sadie try to work out who wanted to beat on Jake, besides anyone making it this far into the series. Jake signs his discharge paperwork and remembers, oh yeah, I put Bill in the loony bin. They go to pay a visit where they learn Bill has been getting the best in modern day treatment that includes sessions of electroshock therapy, haircut included. Bill doesn't seem happy to see Jake and Sadie, probably because he's afraid he might miss gel or day. While Jake is signing Bill out of the sanitarium, Bill decides he can't take being relevant to the plot anymore and takes a header out of a window. Back in Jody, Jake has developed a taste for pain pills. Sadie, watching Jake slowly melt into her living room couch, lays down the law and tells Jake he can either stop the JFK assassination or just pop all the pills, but either way he's ending this damned series. Jake flushes the pills down the drain, which is why there is now a fish opioid epidemic. Back in Dallas, Oswald, while sitting on a park bench and reading the headline of JFK's visit complete with map, comes up with the idea of shooting the president. Three days before the visit. Seems legit. Jake and Sadie walk around Jake's old stomping grounds looking for clues as to who might want to take shots at JFK. They have a nice visit with Oswald where Jake suddenly remembers the last six episodes and wants to slit his wrists. Sadie and Jake head back to Jody where he fakes a headache in order to try to drive back and kill Oswald. Sadie, having probably faked headaches herself, doesn't buy it and meets him in the car where he fesses up and she buys in on the murder plan. They head to Dallas and park overnight so they can be ready to go the next morning. The excitement of the previous evening caused Jake and Sadie to oversleep and, since they left the radio on all night, their car battery is dead. Jake steals a car and drives like an average Dallas driver to get downtown in time for the motorcade. They dodge a car that crashes into the bus they hide in, and then threaten an innocent doorman with death unless he unlocks the book depository door for them. They run up six flights of stairs making Jake's previous cardio training worth the effort, and find Oswald sighted in on the motorcade. Oswald fires the first shot and misses, and Jake distracts him enough to delay the second shot and the motorcade speeds off. Oswald, hungry for Yankee blood, then turns his attention on Jake and Sadie. Oswald is the worst at hide and seek as he never really seems to know where Jake is. Oswald fires several shots from his five-shot rifle, but Jake sneaks by Oswald, overpowers him and shoots him dead. However, one of the stray shots has hit Sadie, and she bleeds out on the floor. The Dallas police, who were right outside the building when this all started, arrive ten minutes later to arrest everyone with a pulse and they take Jake in custody. The chief of police and an FBI agent question him, but Jake gets the upper hand when he knows all the secrets and also gets a call from the president thanking him for saving his life. All's well that ends well as Jake heads back to Lisbon to jump through the portal into a hellhole of his own making. It seems his meddling with the past has desaturated all the colors in the future and people roam the desolate streets of New England harassing people in not really threatening ways. He meets a Harry that wasn't fucked up as a kid who lives in an abandoned something leaky and drinks old pool water. Harry tells Jake something about bombs and camps and cries a lot which convinces Jake that he should reset the past. Jake heads back through the portal and falls into the dirt because apparently the portal is now higher than it was before. There he spots Sadie driving by in a pink Cadillac with her cousins. Jake chases them like a lovesick puppy to the pharmacy and creeps on Sadie pretty hard when he sees the hobo reporter trying to cop block him. He has words with the hobo, but realizes the hobo reporter is full of wisdom and finally heeds his words. He says goodbye to Sadie and heads back to the future.
Through the wonders of the internet, Jake Cyber stalks Sadie and sees that she's getting an award for her service as a librarian and heads to Jody to attend the event. Jake watches Sadie receive the award, Sadie gives a speech referencing a poem Deke used 40 years earlier and roll Jake creeping on Sadie with an awkward dance scene credits. And we're done. We're done Thank with the series. God. Jesus Christ. Uh, this show is terrible. Intro music and outro music. Are... <laughs> yeah. Right. No. It, I remember this show being a lot better than it was on my second viewing. It it started out pretty strong. <laughs> and then by about the third episode, it started going off the rails. Yeah. Rose colored glasses came off. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. But yeah, you can't really blame it on nostalgia because this was done in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only, you know, three years old. I saw it shortly after it released on Hulu. Um, and that was probably about three years after I read the book. So it was all still pretty fresh in my mind. Now, were you on, were you on an opioid bender when you watched this? Cause in no way, shape or form was this show good the first time you watched it. Well, he was drinking uh, regular city water full of opioids. Right. Oh, right well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. probably what it was. I have so many questions. So many questions. Well, let's get started. So many questions. Which first question? Start at the beginning. Why did we have to watch this? Because because it's sci-fi. Sci apparently. Okay, this isn't. Why is this sci-fi? What made it sci-fi? The time travel and changing the past and affecting the future. Okay. You know what? I, you, everyone has just heard my go, arguments the past two episodes, so we're just going to fast forward to the say, end. Just where go I go back this to the first ep yeah. yeah, just go to the first episode where we start reviewing this. That's when you questioned it. My second question is uh, why, or I guess third question. I don't know. I've lost count because it's early in the morning and I'm on my second cup of Valhalla Java Odin Force blend. Uh, why um, did they make this series? Because literally, literally, literally nothing changed. He didn't change the past at all. And he didn't get the girl. So everything he did from... With the opening credits to the closing credits didn't fucking matter. Well, yeah, Nothing. but sometimes the the point of the journey is Christ, not the destination. If you say it's the journey, I want. To move. <laughs> I knew you were going to. I said. I thought this last night. I go. I'm going to ask this question, and Jason's going to go. It's the journey, not the destination. Shut the fuck up. It, it's most certainly the destination. This is not a satisfying ending. Period. I would have. I would have said. You know, I gone back. It looked like shit. Okay, so I can't do that. Fuck it. I'm gonna but steal wait. Sadie at, <laughs> when I first meet him. Meet her in Dallas. You know. Okay. Go so I'm gonna to Sadie and go. Hey, I well, know who your husband is. The hobo I reporter. I know what he does. Yeah, but the hobo reporter. The whole point that the hobo reporter was trying to express to Jake was, no matter what Jake does, if he affects the past, Sadie's gonna die. Right, because that was the what happened to his little girl or something. I don't know. I stopped paying attention when the hobo turned out it wasn't time and he was actually just a fucking hobo. Well, and again, I'm re-referencing the books because they explained it a fuck ton better in the books. Um, spoiler alerts if you haven't read the book. The hobo reporters, there were actually two or three of them, <clears throat> if memory serves. The first one... When Jake came through the first couple times, 
Um, he had the hat with the yellow card, but when Jake came through the second time, the card had turned red. And then eventually Jake saw him later on, the card was black and the dude had slit his own wrists. So what was happening, and you, you, you find this out at the, the end of the book, was these hobo reporters are basically the caretakers of the timeline. And any changes that happen to that timeline, they're, they're trying to keep track of. And that card on their hat is kind of their dosimeter. It's, it's, their, yes, it's the way that they keep track of how well they're, 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 they're going insane the more uh, threads, the more timelines that they're having to keep track of. So every time in the book that he would go back and change something, it would create a new timeline. And so they're trying to keep track of all these different timelines and eventually they in game got their, their storyline from say what? No, in game made more sense. And it was more sci-fi than 112263. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I would say that the book sounds more sci-fi than the series. I probably was. Okay. Here's my question. Jake comes out in Lisbon, Maine, right? And it's like this post-apocalyptic future, or so he thinks. And so we're all led to assume. But he literally saw three blocks of Lisbon, Maine. I know. He didn't see anything else. Like the rest of the fucking planet could have been a goddamn paradise. I know. Where you could eat eat donuts all day long and not gain weight, where everyone is having sex with Heidi Klum-esque models. And he has no clue because he saw three blocks of Lisbon, Maine, ran into a guy who 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 was down on his luck. And it's like, I fucked up. I need to go change everything back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the <laughs> dumbest shit ever. It is. <laughs> like, find a fucking library, man, and figure the fuck out what happened. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it, Jason. I don't get it. No, I don't get that part either. Um, it, that was kind of similar to what happened in the book, but it was, he had, there were, there were a lot more drastic things that happened in the book. I mean, there were actual nuclear bombs that were uh, launched in the past whenever he came back through the portal. Um, because JFK did uh, continue to be president. Um, I don't know where they got the camps from. I don't remember that in the book and that doesn't make any any kind of sense. So I'm not sure what they no, were talking about. No, I was camps. confused with that too. I think he was just trying to make a political statement, to be honest. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it, it was weird. having the Japanese internment camps. It was the Kennedy camps. Well, well no, the Japanese maybe, internment camps but, had already happened. That happened during World yeah, War II, and that was before well, Kennedy. Okay. So, so there was no Vietnam. But I'm guessing what you're what you're supposed to take from from how this all ended when he came back through the portal that first time was that the cold war ended up in a full blown war. Is that what you're supposed to glean from the three blocks of Lisbon, Maine? Maybe. I don't know because they didn't mention the cold war. They didn't mention them going to war with Russia. No, he wanted to know about, uh, he wanted to know about Vietnam and uh, you know, Vietnam didn't happen, which means if Vietnam didn't happen, whoever was in charge, decided that communism spreading wasn't that big of a deal or was communism like here's where you have to start well, thinking logically Wallace in this. was in charge right Wallace I get the Wallace, president yeah. yeah and I can't but believe what Wallace is, wouldn't have gone into Vietnam 
No, he would have gone into Vietnam just like everybody else would have gone into Vietnam. So here's like, here's the question you have to ask yourself. If Vietnam didn't happen, did communism stop? Did the spread of communism stop? Like, did we stop it? And if we stopped it, how? Because not going into Vietnam means one of two things. It was either stopped or we didn't have the power slash capability to go in because something catastrophic happened beforehand. What was it? And these are questions he didn't ask himself. He just looked at what's his nuts. Was it, was it Harry? Is that Harry, his name? Yeah. Harry nuts. Yes. Yeah. Looked at Harry nuts and said, <laughs> your life is shit. Your life was shit before and your life is shit. Now I have fucked up because your life, your singular life is shit. Like it's such a small minded way to look at time to begin with. Well, it's not and, like he was the smartest, um, time traveler well that's true and my my wife looked at this and at the end i was like explaining it to her because she didn't watch the whole series so i was explaining it to her was she she confused no no she goes so what you're saying is this was written by an english teacher all right yeah i'm like yeah kind of probably that's exactly what this was because everything nothing mattered it was the journey not the destination you didn't think the, 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 the protagonist didn't think things through logically. Everything was a knee jerk reaction based on like just evidence in front of him. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it, it was very short sighted as a series. Uh, and uh, the only thing that I can, that, that I take away from this is whoever played Lee Harvey Oswald kind of nailed it. Everybody else was shit. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, he he played an awkward kind of outcast really well. I don't know how well that portrayed the actual Oswald, but yeah, he did a good job. But yeah, well, I don't know. I think uh, I think Sarah Gadon did a, a good job with Sadie, although her accent was a little more Georgian than Texan, but. Which actually would have worked if they had kept her from Georgia, because originally her and her husband were from Georgia. I would have been fine with a Canadian accent. A little French in there. How do you know she's French-Canadian? Everybody from Canada is French. That's not how Canada works. That's not how Canada works, dude. Well, damn. Have you ever been to Canada? No. Why would I go to Canada? I don't need any maple syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Or beaver pelts. (laughs) Or beaver pelts. Ah. Oh God! Well, That's there awesome. goes all our Canadian listeners. Uh, poutine, poutine is uh, a fantastic. Uh, okay, yeah, it is really good. I will, I will say that that is good stuff. Um, it sounded like shit when uh, Jason talked about it, and he forced me to eat it. Um, thank you, and I am, I am forever grateful. It wasn't even the greatest poutine that we ate. But it was still pretty good because I'll tell you what I think even good. bad poutine is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like you want some good poutine, uh, Epcot, Walt Disney yes. World. That they've got some really fantastic poutine there. Yep. So when you when you go, Jason, man, you got to you got to stop. Oh, like, already I already had, had it. breakfast poutine. Breakfast, breakfast poutine. <laughs> I've never had breakfast, breakfast poutine. poutine. It's just when you eat poutine, for fucking breakfast. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I can do okay. that. Yeah, I've yeah. had the Epcot poutine. It's pretty good. Yeah. It was really good. Maybe I had egg to it or something. What? No, I'll be honest. It breakfast. No, like, why would you add egg to fries and gravy and cheese curds? I don't know. What? 
you said breakfast poutine. I was trying to figure it I'm out. I'm trying to remember what I had last year that was really, it was like it's white like, gravy. It wasn't, it wasn't the dark gravy. It was like the white gravy. It was really good. Breakfast poutine. It was breakfast fucking poutine because <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'm hungry. It's fucking like 10, 11 o'clock. I'm like, I'm having fucking breakfast poutine. I don't even care. Well, I mean, Man, fries man. and cream gravy is is a classic on, on itself, but I can imagine adding cheese curds to that and making it, making it even better. I can't was, fucking talk. I need more coffee. I think there was, yeah, well, sorry. Uh, I think there was cheese on it too. Cheese and bacon. Like, uh, it was, fuck, God damn, that was really good. I really want goddamn poutine now. Yeah, I know. We need to have like a, a poutine review show on Patreon. <laughs> It'd be better than fucking 11, 22, 16. <laughs> So I've got I've got a a really weird question. Shoot to to go with uh, with James's stuff here. So what three four episodes ago, um, he goes to Dallas with Bill. Yep. Middle of broad daylight, uh, and not a soul is on the street. Right. Right. So then he goes to Dallas with Sadie at twelve thirty in the fucking morning. And there's all kinds of people walking around in cars on the street in the exact right. same spot. So, why? Um, because that's how they wanted to shoot that shot. Okay, because that poor was directing. weird. Poor, poor directing. Poor writing. Yeah. Poor screenplay writing. Set poor directing. Design. Poor cinematography. Poor design. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Poor foresight. Uh, yeah. Terrible story. Uh, kind of shitty actors. Uh, like there's a, like I can keep going if you'd like. There's really nothing redeeming about this show. I think some of that was a little hyperbolic, but yeah, the, the, the <laughs> acting wasn't too bad in this movie. I'm just not a big James Franco guy. He's not terrible. I think yeah, the best I mean, thing he was in was Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I'm not a huge Franco fan either. He's okay in pretty much everything he does. I mean, he's not just phenomenal. He's an, he's not an actor I will go out to see just because he's in the movie. He's not. Okay. So here's the thing. Like when he goes and he's creeping on Sadie at the end, like some kind of fucking weird time traveling stalker. Right. He's not like, I don't, I, I don't want to be mean because I am certainly not a handsome fellow. I think you're but, handsome. Thanks buddy. But he is not, he's just not, he's not that guy that can pull this off. No, no. He he's, is 1960s handsome. Okay. He's not 1960s <laughs> handsome. That's not even, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I don't know either, but it had Sadie. Okay, Sadie is hot. She is a fucking smoke show in any time. I don't well, that's care. That's true. Sarah I mean, is hot. I guess if she fell for him in 1960, she might fall for him in 2015. She fell for him in 1960, not because of the way he looked, but because of their they shared a common interest in books and reading and writing and and school and libraries and that kind of dumb bullshit that two fucking nerds fucking find each other and they're like oh my god we like the same bullshit it wasn't because she went you are super hot and i want your dick inside me that's not what she said at all and that like and so when he comes in right so when he comes in looking like he just fucking dropped out of a time portal in a closet on into some mud like she's not going to give him the time of day because she's a fucking straight smoke show like there's not there's like there, she's just not and she's certainly not going to put up with that kind of creeping where he is staring at her and being very awkward and very um 
just making everybody kind of awkward, right? Yeah, like, see, the thing the thing was is you know she's like I feel like I've met you somewhere, but Don't which you, makes zero sense because love. You say love is timeless. Time. I am yeah, going to leave yeah. my fucking office. I am driving love to Texas, and I'm going to kick timeless. you in the nuts. <laughs> Celebrate it. I'll be there. With diamonds from Zales. Oh, my God. I hate (laughs) you so much. Uh, I'm buying steel-toed shoes. Sweet. I've got a pair Um, here. You don't even need to buy them. Just put them on. I'll just slip those on and kick in the nut. So so is Sadie married at the beginning? No. Oh, yes. Yes. Because yeah. she didn't get her divorce divorce papers until after Jake became a teacher. So I think it was the next year. Um, or actually, well, when okay, Jake so she first was, met her, she was married. She was married and but she down was, in Dallas. Yeah, and she was still married when Jake became a teacher. It wasn't until the next year after Jake became a teacher that she got the divorce papers. Right. So Right. But, but was she married when she was up there in Lisbon? I would assume so. Yes. Um, well, it yeah, because I mean, years? that's only yeah, that's only a couple of years. Hey, they move fast. You know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, it's not. It doesn't make any sense because the, what they shared didn't happen. Nothing happened. Like everything oh, he did in this sense. show didn't fucking happen. That's the way time works when you reset it, right? Like nothing mattered everything he did from the beginning of the show and everything the guy that that died that got cancer from time he got time cancer the guy with fucking time cancer got time cancer for no reason why because nothing mattered nothing changed everything's as it was except now fucking james franco is a time stalker like we need time cop (laughs) to fucking come in and arrest the time stalker. So get Jean-Claude Van Damme on there the goddamn go. phone right now. I will watch the shit out of that series. Jean-Claude Van Damme chasing James Franco through time. Yes. And occasionally doing the splits, please. And you know what? If they run into fucking Scott Bakula, I'm all about it. <laughs> nice. Throw that, a little yeah. quantum leap. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, no... Um, so I'm not from the '60s, obviously. Um, what do you mean, obviously? Up, I don't know how old you are. I never grew up in the '60s. Um, I'm a child. You said so yourself earlier in this recording. That's so. right. No, that's true. Um, Coke Zero so, for breakfast. He's a child. Yeah, I'm not from the '60s. I, I've I've never driven a '60s car, um, but were all cars um, conveniently set up to where two bare wires are hanging from the dash? So you can hotwire it? <laughs> yes, yes. All cars yeah. from, uh, I think up to like 1975 did that. Yeah. They did All that. They just, yeah. had, they just had that quick uh, hotwire capability yep. down yep. there in the bottom? Yep. Yeah, in case you lost your keys. Oh, sweet. Okay. Okay. I, I was just curious because that, that was really <laughs> bad. No. No, cars don't do that. And I didn't hot think wiring so. a car takes a lot longer than what he portrayed. Yeah. So you that was not think that, that was a at plot all. You were like, you, you thought you asked the question, we answered, and you were like, oh, okay. I'll defer to these two experts that yeah. would never lie to me. Yeah, right. 
No, I I knew full well that that's not how it was. I just I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't that, believe you, you know, and neither does he, anybody else. Everybody thinks you, you. He opens you had the door, no reaches under the dash, goes, and he's done. It's like really well, no, and I, I like the so. the convenient way that he, uh, you know, kind of threw in there that Bill taught me this real quick so that all of a sudden he has this knowledge <laughs> yep, that Bill, pushes Bill. the plot forward. So he's like, oh no, Bill, can't find the Bill's keys. Oh, the, Bill uh, taught me how to hot wire a car and look, all the wires are exposed and everything well, is ready to go and let's go. Well, Bill was the deus ex machina, right? Yeah, he really I was. Mean, I hated yeah. that fucking character throughout the entire goddamn yeah. series. He had to have a reason and it was to teach Jake how to hot wire a car. Well, it certainly wasn't to seconds. help him or move no. the fucking plot along. No. It was it was to teach him how to hotwire a car later on. Yeah, that was literally to, his only fucking job. And to create nonsensical fucking conflict. Like, why would Robo. he? Why, why did he kill himself? Like, here's the thing. Like, I get in the in the sixties and the in the fifties and and even in the seventies and eighties to a great extent that mental health. I, I suppose even now we're, we're still dealing with how to how to treat mental health issues, right? I, I, I get that. But I have a hard time really believing that someone who's not insane, i.e. Bill, can get committed as easily as he got committed, number yeah. one. Number two, have shock treatment. Number three, have that shock treatment really fuck him up to the point where he's like, I really don't want out of here, so I'm going to jump out of a window because I just don't want to deal with, well, maybe he just wanted out of the fucking series at this point. Well, He's like, this is stupid. I'm right. jumping out this window. No, no. And so I think the crux of your, your whole point here is, is question number one. How did he get committed so easily? No, that wouldn't have happened even in the 60s or the, or the 50s. Um, he might have he, been he, put in holding and then evaluated. Yeah, he I might have been put in an observation, doubt. but there, there, yeah. were, there were still legal proceedings that you had to go through to have somebody involuntarily committed. Now, right. as to your I, I second like... and third points, shock <laughs> therapy was still used in the sixties. And even if you were, you know, totally sane, but somebody, let's say the, the, the staff thought that you were insane. I mean, they're going to do this. Let, let's take bill as an example. Yeah, Sure. What he was saying was absolutely insane, but it was true, right? Jake was okay, a time traveler. So okay. he's telling these doctors, Jake is a time traveler. He He's from the future. And the doctors are like, no, he's not. We're going to shock the shit out of you. And sh electroshock therapy is not you know, pleasant. I get that. I, I understand that. But there are questions that they would ask. Like, okay, first, if you are of sound mind, like, let's say I meet a time traveler tomorrow and he convinces me through whatever reason, through whatever, whatever devices he has, that he is a fucking time traveler. Your first right? question is going to be, is he from Lisbon? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why do you look like James Franco? Uh, yeah. What I'm going to like, even if, if he convinces me, right. And then he and I, I, I become Bill and I'm a complete idiot. And I, I just, I, I am causing conflict for no reason with, with this time traveler. And he has me committed. Guess what? He's no longer a time traveler. Huh? Well, and, and I, that's what Bill that? came to at the end. He, he came to the conclusion that, yeah, I'm going to say that he's no longer a time traveler. In fact, he convinced himself that he was no longer a time traveler because when 
Jake tried to I'm, say, look, we're going to get you out of here. I need your help, you know, because I don't remember a lot of this shit from the future. He's like, no, you're not from the future. You're not even here. Fuck off. Get away from me. And then whenever Jake was about to sign him out, he was like, well, fuck, I'm not going to deal with this shit. And he jumped out the window. Right. No, I get that. But what I'm saying is I wouldn't want to be committed. I would do whatever I would say as someone who sound mind, like what they, what they did here is they portrayed 1950, 60 ish, uh, mental health doctors, mental health, uh, physicians as people who are just wanting to experiment on, on humans. Uh, that was actually kind of true in the fifties and sixties. I don't know if that's, a, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not saying all true. doctors, but yeah, there were a lot of facilities that, you know, would bring well, patients sure. in and, and keep them in and do experimentations on I them. I get that. But what, if they find out that you're actually not insane, which anyone who's not insane, it's pretty clear. It's pretty evident to find, you know, to realize this guy's not insane. I don't like, I don't feel like these doctors would actually, I mean, unless Time is pushing back on Bill. Uh, these doctors would would do these kinds of treatments on somebody who's clearly not insane. Because just saying that you think someone's a time traveler that doesn't really make you insane. It makes you dumb. It makes you gullible. It doesn't make you insane. And it certainly doesn't make you a danger to others or yourself. Yeah, and we don't know how Jake portrayed Bill's behavior that got him poor committed writing. either again poor writing true yeah i'll give you that again the the whole point that like i've said before them committing bill was to get him out of the fucking plot they had written themselves or painted themselves in a corner they needed to get rid of bill so we're just gonna dump him in a sanitarium here's how you get rid of bill if you're already if you already know that you're making um Lee Harvey Oswald out to be a killer, right? Kill him. Have him kill Bill and Hell hide jealousy the body for his right. wife. Like you had it set up perfectly. If you were going to go the non-conspiracy route with JFK, with the assassination of JFK, and lay it solely at the feet of Lee Harvey Oswald, it is then not outside the realm of possibility that Lee Harvey Oswald, as a jealous husband, would kill Bill. I just realized that. Uh, would kill him uh, 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 and hide the body. It is not outside that realm of possibility, especially with time pushing back. So, like, this, it doesn't make any sense to me why they did this convoluted fucking you're insane, but you're not insane. We're going to commit you. It just, again, it's poor writing, poor decision-making of the screenwriters, uh, poor decision-making on, on the part of if this was what happened in the book uh, of the author. It's just, it's just silly. It's absolutely silly on, on, on a couple of different levels. And, and I'm not, I, I guess I can't wrap my mind around it because it's, I feel like Rob wrote it. I uh, think Rob could I would have probably have an actual, I would have had an actual fucking time machine, okay? This would have been fucking <laughs> it sci-fi. Would have, it would have been sci-fi. No, I'm sci-fi all for it. Sci-fi all over the place. Rewrite this bitch, Rob. I'll oh, read it. fuck that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the scientist first wakes off, up and drinks a liter of Coke Zero. Yes. <laughs> no, first off, uh, he would have gone back uh, to the present or his present uh, after the uh, first fuck up um, where the dudes were chasing him. Like, I feel like if you he would have like, picked I up written this, some modern firearms, <laughs> modern fire, gone back and just killed everybody and uh, would have protected himself. This would have been would Groundhog have had, Day. This would have been yeah. time traveling Groundhog Day. Oops, I fucked up. Got to go back. 
20 minutes later. Oops, I fucked up. Got to go back. Yeah. 20 minutes later. Oh, fuck. I got to go back. Well, and in, in, in the book, that's kind of how it happened. He went back and forth several times. I think it was a total of eight years of his life that he spent in the past. Do you age? Did they, did they cover that? Do you age in the, in the past? Yeah. Did you not see Chris Cooper's character um, when he came back? Two minutes oh, yeah, after but he gave, I just figured it was cancer. I just figured it was cancer. Nah, I, didn't, it was, I, I mean, I, I, well, part of it was cancer, but yeah, he was time cancer. Time cancer. Part of it was we time, time cancer, doctor. but yeah, he was definitely a lot older. Well, two years older plus time cancer. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, time time cancer can can be treated by a time doctor. So when Jean Claude Van Damme comes in, he can just bring his physician. And they can help he's a treat time cop the time cancer. Yeah, time, time cop, yeah. doctor. Time doc okay. and time cop. Ooh. There you go. Sounds Ooh, like wait, a time doc. Isn't that just doc? What, like Doc Brown? But he's yes. not a he's not a medical doctor. He's How a do you physicist. Know? Just, no, no, he's got PhD on there. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. Yeah, he can do it. But PhD is not medical nope. doctor. You can cure time cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Great Scott. Um, so, so another stupid thing. Yeah. (laughs) We need a time parent. Time parent. That's what the uh, hobo reporter was. Right. He he was time dad. Time dad. Um, so another, another thing that really threw me off, uh, not threw me off, but just goes to show that Jake is the, um, the crack spy that he has become. Uh, you know, the, the cop says, Hey, you can't park here. So he's like, all right, let me go somewhere else. Why didn't he just like find a parking garage or a side street or, you know, something nearby? Why did he have to drive so far away? I don't know that there was a parking garage anywhere well, near re- there at that time. Regardless of whether there was or not, I mean, there was a side street somewhere near there. Certainly there had to have been some place he could have gone to. Uh, that was closer than where he went. Yeah. He was, what, like 10 blocks or so? Well, more than no, 10 it was it was several, I would have to say several miles just from him right. ripping down the streets. Right. And so he knows, he knows time's going to push back, right? I mean, and, and he's like, we need to be close enough in case something happens. And then he has his fucking hallucination um with uh with hobo reporter um now he knows shit's getting real i would have immediately gotten a little closer right well, I, I, well I, not I'm only that to figure but out how, how did he know streets were supposed to be open well the streets supposed to be open the, how do you know I mean, that's, did that's you historic. fucking memorize a map that's, along with all the other bullshit that he had to memorize before dude, he, he had he a came whole in. file he had the fucking warren commission memorized this is all he had to do for three years dude no but his shit burned up in like year one well but Not he had that first year to look it over okay so you're gonna tell me that with all the bullshit that happened in his mind getting jumbled up until like fucking 12 hours ago that he's all of a sudden going to remember the entirety of the goddamn Warren Commission. Okay, again, like who plot the fuck read that? So right, the, but the, the again, whole... it's just poor writing. It's lazy. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not disputing the fact that this was not well written. What are we disputing? <laughs> I don't even know don't what know. we're fucking disputing anymore. It's just terrible. <laughs> it is not good. 
Any final thoughts before we get to awards? Who's Watch your black one, James? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get this the fuck over with. Oh my god! Uh, who's who's your black lung, James? Uh, the uh, the the Secret Service guy is that who he was? No, the FBI a- guy. Yeah, Agent the FBI Hostie. guy. What's his name? Agent Hosty. Yeah, that dude. Because he lights up. He's like, "Give us the room." Yep. yep. And then the Texas cop is all like, "I'm a Texas cop because I'm from Texas. I'm my investigation." He's like, "Get the fuck out." Right. So he, yeah, he lights up and like he's trying to figure this dude out, but he's trying to be a hard ass. I loved it because he was trying to be a hard ass. And this was like the best part of the whole show for me, right? Because this is when he starts rattling shit off from the Warren Commission and why everyone thinks it's a conspiracy. Like he's rattling this shit off and this FBI agent's like just trying to be a hard ass. And then all of a sudden, the shit that he said was going to happen starts happening. Yeah. And he starts smoking. So, yeah, no, that's he gets my black one. Okay. Rob? Uh, mine goes to Agent Hosty as well uh, because he is the only person in these two episodes that ever smoked. Oh, no, Bill, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I paid attention. There was nothing in episode seven. I think you're right. There the, was absolutely nothing. The entire nothing. fucking police station was full of smoke. I mean, it, it, it showed that... That all in- came from Agent Hosty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, Agent Hosty's getting mine uh, as well for pretty much the same reason that, that James laid out because, uh, yeah, he was he was smoking pretty hard during that, that, that whole interview scene. Yep. Um, Rob, who's got your head lush? My head lush goes to Bill for taking a header into a car. Because his head... What? Could, because his drunk? head, no, because his head was mush. No, no this is the head lush. Lush. Oh, with I'm sorry. I, oh, I thought this was the head mush award. Oh, God. Oh, man. Um, then I don't have anything. I still think it's Bill for taking a header into the car because um, he was basically almost like intoxicated uh, with his uh, um, um, electroshock therapy. Okay, that's a stretch. Shut up. Look, look, you've had some too. I can do this one. I needed Bill to have one, okay? James, who's got your head lush? Fucking obviously Rob, because he was drinking when he came up with his goddamn fucking award. (laughs) Uh, Harry gets mine because he he made some kind of weird fucking hooch out of post-apocalyptic water. I think that's the same recipe his daddy used to make in the bathtub. Oh. I thought you were going to say it was Belle Delphine's uh, bathwater. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Sorry. So my head lush is getting split with Harry and uh, Jake because they both took turns out of that humongous pickle jar full of whatever blue-green algae pool water that was. But ooh, <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, James, who's got your... Uh, Player award. Oh, my player award definitely goes to Jake for dragging the love of your life into a life and death fucking situation to save the president because that makes sense. Hey, she honey, fell like three or four times. Right, and he stopped like just to pick her up. No, no, leave her, dumbass. On, like go. you're trying to save the president of the United States. You're not trying to fucking get laid. You're already getting laid because you know. Stupid story. So fucking leave her. Tell her to sit tight. Like you fell, congratulations! You you win the your life's not in danger award anymore. 
I'm going to go stop this so you don't accidentally take a bullet to the gut. What a fucking moron. I did this is what I was thinking the whole time he's running with her. I'm like, why is she going? Why can't she just go get cops well, and tell the cops someone's going to assassinate JFK? Yeah, that would make more sense. In his defense, she did insist on going. Okay. Well, she like, I'm not trying to be sexist shoes. here, but that's a dumb idea. Don't do that. I am going to go and stop the guy. This is the 1950s. Like, I'm, again, whatever. In the 60s, when the, when, when, when the guy says, hey, I'm going to go do something, usually that's what, how it happened. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying in the 60s, she yeah. would have been just a tad bit more submissive instead of turning him around and pegging him in the ass. I like, don't think so. I think they pretty uh, pretty well portrayed her character and established that she was not a typical 60s housewife and that dominatrix she was, with yeah, a strap dom- on yeah. and pegging him in she the is, ass. Uh, gotcha. She is a very leather-bound dominatrix type personality. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it should have been, hey, go get the cops. I'm going to go take care of the guy with the gun because, well, you know, I have a gun. And not only that, but they told What's-His-Face to go get the cops. The cops were right the fuck outside. I mean, there was a right. bunch of cops just right outside. You could see them after the first shot rang out. They were, you know, looking at the window with their guns pointed. And it took them 10 minutes to get the fuck up six flights of stairs. That is bullshit. They would have been there instantly. Yeah. So now he gets my player award because, you know, worst date ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty bad date. Rob, who's got yours? Mine goes to Jake as well, uh, but not for... James's reasons. Uh, mine are for trying to blackmail his way out of a trial. Ha. So he was, he was basically <laughs> playing the the agent hosty the entire time. Well played. Well played, you know, sir. Yeah. But JFK, he had like many mistresses. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that you're going to have to burn your letter here in about 10 minutes. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Hoover cross-dressing. Well, I don't know why. I, I would have. I mean, like, he wears ladies' underwear. Let's go. <laughs> well, that may have gotten him killed, though. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, so my player is going to go uh, a little bit different. Mine's going to go to Oswald for managing to uh, get into the bed of his estranged wife uh, right before he, he went forward with his assassination plot. He even turned down morning sex to go and get ready for the assassination plot. So he's he's actually going to get my player award for that. Who turns down morning set? I don't know. Of course. Lee, Lee Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. 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 All right, Rob, who's got your purple hippo? Bill. Looney Ben. Bill. Yep. James? No, yeah. Anybody who voluntarily watched this fucking series. So you get you the purple volunteered. hippo. Yep, yep. Yeah, me, you, and everybody else that fucking watch this stupid thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So my purple hippo is going to go to Bill, too, uh, for, yeah, his, him being in the loony bin. I mean, he he didn't know which way was up. He knew that Jake was a time traveler. He, he was which way was down. The <laughs> 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 I was going to say that, but I thought that's no, too obvious. And then Rob took it, and it was brilliant. Good job, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, and through the wonders of electroshock therapy, he was convinced that Jake wasn't a time traveler. And then whenever reality hit what he uh, was convinced 
was wrong. Yeah, he took the header out the window. All right. We're we're done with this series now, we right? We're done with this series, and that means Thank that we have to God. pick another title to review for next week. Who's picking the number? Who's telling me when to stop? I'll tell you when to stop, Rob. Pick the number, but you better not pick a stupid fucking number because I swear to Christ, if I've got to watch 112364, I'm going to be pissed. Rob, what number are you going to pick? Um, what are my choices? You didn't give me my range. Well, I might want to pick the farthest possible. You're not going to, though. Oh, I will. Well, Jesus. I'm going to pick the very last one, possibly. I don't know. Actually, I have a number. You have, a, well, number. You have a number, just give him the number. I got to make sure it's inside the range. Is it a thousand? Sure. Is your number a thousand? Maybe. Maybe it's 999. You don't so know. So you need to pick a number between 1 and 131. 1 and You're 131. You're number 1, Rob. Yeah. All right. So I am Were you going to pick over 131? I was not, actually. So Fuck, I'm, I knew it. God damn it. Um, I'm going to pick 96 because that is 11 plus 22 plus 63. Okay. I hate so 96. You. I hate you so much. James, tell me when to stop. Stop. We have stopped. This is number ninety-six. Me. It's killing me, this Jason. This is yeah. This is something I have never seen before. Oh, excellent! Wait, is that excellent? It might be. Yeah, because he's seen things like Metropolis and sweared it was good. And right, exactly. Eleven twenty-two sixty-three. Is this Bill and, and Ted's Excellent like, Adventure? Yeah, he's never seen that, so that's, it must be that's shit. more that's more fucking sci-fi than eleven twenty-two sixty. I mean, yeah, it didn't even have a time portal; it had a fucking time booth. So time telephone booth at that telephone booth, yeah, with fucking uh, uh, George Carlin in it. Yeah. All right, so this is a movie uh, that has been put near and on dear the to his list. heart because he's never seen yeah, I've never Metropolis seen it. Two. I'm a Metropolis Two, right? <laughs> This is a movie from 2004 where four friends and fledgling entrepreneurs, knowing that there's something bigger and more innovative than the different error-checking devices they've built, wrestle over their new invention. It's Primer, directed by Shane Carruth, written by Shane Carruth, and it stars Shane Carruth, David Sullivan, Casey Gooden, and some other people. And some other people. What the fuck is this? Primer. What the fuck? I'm looking it up because I don't think I've ever seen this movie, or have I? I haven't either. I, dude, I look up primer and I get paint primer. So your Google foo sucks. Okay, so I put. Oh well, this is already more. This is already more fucking sci-fi than eleven twenty-two sixty-three because it has an actual goddamn time machine. <laughs> like it's not just a closet. They have a fucking time machine. Uh, we're doing time travel again. Why are you I bitching? Fear so. I'm not bitching. All right. Actually, it's edited it, and scored by Shane Carruth. This is okay, a, I, I do I do not have high hopes for this fucking movie. Dude, dude Shane Carruth is in everything on this thing. Uh, this movie, by the way, uh, opening weekend made twenty eight thousand one hundred and sixty two dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think gross, it's a I think it's a pretty small indie film. If I had uh, to guess, gross. USA it was four hundred and twenty-four thousand seven hundred and sixty. Cumulative worldwide dude, gross. The is, budget is, is a half a million. The budget was seven thousand dollars. So they this made is their be money terrible. back. Terrible. 
This is, is going to be so terrible. This is going to be so good. So bad that it's good. I don't know if that's accurate. Sometimes if it's bad, it's just bad. Dude, I'm looking on Wikipedia, the holder of all knowledge. There's an actual like infographic on how the time travel works. Oh, my God. So, oh, yeah. Fuck me. This is going to be... This is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, this is going to be fun. And that's got it for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Our pod crawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at eargluemedia.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, become a Patreon supporter by going to eargluemedia.com forward slash Patreon, And be sure to check out all of the other excellent podcasts at eargluemedia.com, like the TFA, uh, which has a new episode out. And this goes without saying, but we're never going to subject you to 112263 again, I promise. And the poorly thought out and sometimes questionable opinions expressed on this show are ours, as well as some of our title picks and might not be shared by Earglue Media or anyone else for that matter. For this week, I'm Jason. Uh, can I go back through the time portal and kill whoever put this on the list? No. Shit. No, but you can go back in the closet. But do. Oh. And we'll talk to you next week. Boy, I don't know any of his raps. Otherwise, I'd bust it out. Hold on, now, now I need to look up some Soldier Boy rap lyrics. Oh, I got you. Here we go, <laughs> Soldier Boy. Oh, I can't wait till you two start rapping. Uh, Soldier Boy, that. often is so. Watch me crank it. Watch me roll. I can't fucking rap. Who wants a Soldier Boy? Who wants a Soldier Boy? Who wants a Soldier Boy? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Jesus Christ. Oh, that is so going good. Are y'all ready? <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs>